Before we start today's podcast, please take a moment to like or give a thumbs up on your favorite podcast platform. If you have time, we would even appreciate a written review. You see, the more of you who show support helps even more people find our stories of Tuscany and Italy. Another way you can help our Tuscany community grow is by liking our social media pages. Just search for Total Tuscany on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is the Total Tuscany Podcast with Travis Justice and Pat Capania, Episode 80. I think post-pandemic, people are going to be like, you know what? I don't need to work this hard. I don't need to make this much money for whatever reason possible. I want to be able to live the rest of my life in a way that's comfort. And I want to do so in a place that provides the pleasure that we were denied. We were, what we were denied during the pandemic right, was the comfort of people being around us at a table. Andrew Cotto is no stranger to the Total Tuscany podcast. He's a teacher and author who loves Italy. He recently returned from a three-week work trip that took him all over the country, even to places he's never been. Andrew has a new book coming out. You can pre-order now on Amazon and at all major book retailers. Pasta Mike is a story about friendship and loss. Our conversation is emotional and demonstrates how friendship never dies. But man, it hurts when you lose your best friend. Pat, are you ready to have a fun conversation? That's exactly what I need tonight. <laughs> It's been a long day. <laughs> Why? Well, so, and, and of course, uh, Pat and I both have regular jobs, and we do other things. Oh, and, we, we'd like to talk about Italy all the time, but that we can't. That can't support our family. Now, for the record, we do talk about Italy all the time, yeah, and, and yeah. it's funny. I wish everybody could see our text messages. Now, Pat and I have our own text messages, and we also have a text message chain with our wives on it. Mm-hmm. We're always sending Instagram photos, Italy tidbits, um, but but the truth is. Uh, yeah, we t- we talk about Italy quite a bit. Kind of a yeah, to a, a, an obsession. If anybody else could read those text messages, that would not be. Uh, they they'd probably lock us up. They 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 would say you guys have a problem, and you know it, it's a good problem to have. That's for sure. And another guy that has an Italy problem has been on this podcast before, and it's Andrew Cotto. Andrew recently returned from a three week trip to Italy, and as you're going to find out, as you're going to find out. Andrew is, uh, he's a travel writer and he got like this entire trip paid for, you know, we're travel writers, we're travel podcasters. How do you and I go, Hey, we'll come, we'll come talk about you. We'll come podcast about you. We'll we shoot a lot of video. How do we, how do we make that happen? Well, that, that needs to happen. Yeah, that's working for him. It's we we got to try that. You know, maybe the key, key is we just move there. All right, maybe it's just we we just move there. Longer and longer periods of time. That's the way to go. Besides the travel writing that Andrew Kadu does, he is also a novelist, and he has a a new book out. And you're going to find this interview to be, it, it, it it's it's therapeutic at times. It's gut wrenching at times. It's 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 sad at times. It's happy at times because it really talks about friendship, right? And, and friendships that mean a lot that mean that just speak to your soul, because we all have that one friend in our life who, who means so much. And it may be a childhood friend who never left you. It may be just somebody who's in your life right now that, you know, you, you, you have that uh, special bond with. And if you lose that person, it can be, 
it can be heart wrenching. It can be it can just uh, be a, a big punch in the gut, especially if he's been uh, a friend or he or she's been a friend. It could be he, she. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you travel together, if you know everything about each other, um, you lose somebody, and it can be. He can be tough to deal with. And that's why Andrew's written his new book, uh, Pasta with Mike. It is for pre-order now on Amazon.com and all major book retailers. And I, I'm just going to let everybody know before we get started with this interview, there is language on this podcast that, well... Uh, it's not suitable for young children. Y- y- exactly. Unless you let your young children swear like sailors. Because this was a podcast between three men and three men... Well, talked like three men tend to do. Three men having an honest conversation yes. about what they're passionate about. And, and Andrew was drinking wine during his. I was drinking whiskey. and Well, Pat was drinking water, and so he's the most mellow of the three during this podcast. Yeah. But uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation. It's, uh, it's enlightening, and it's therapeutic, and it tells a great story. It's our conversation with Andrew Cotter. Andrew, you just got back from a three-week trip to Italy, and was that was that like a calling again? Did you feel like after COVID and all the the stuff that went on for for you know a year, year and a half, that you just had to get back? Yes. Sorry for my enthusiasm, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I mean I was dreaming of Italy from you know the second I heard of the pandemic at an Italian restaurant in New York City for some folks from the Madge who just opened a restaurant and they, I heard for the first time there was a pandemic and it was in Italy and it was like serious. And I thought, Oh my God. And I was thinking of Italy pretty much every moment since that point on, not even knowing it was coming to America, you know, in, in, in such thrust. Um, but I, my, my dreams of Italy were, were just exactly just completely, you know, enhanced by the idea that I couldn't go there. And so, yes, what was short, that, long what, answer to a short question. What was the feeling like when your plane was uh, about to touch down? Oh, <laughs> yeah, great question. <laughs> the, 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 the interesting thing is that you know, flying to Italy was so much easier. I mean, I, I hadn't been on a flight since the pandemic began. Um, and I always hate flying to Europe because I'm a shitty sleeper sitting upright in some uncomfortable chair, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know and, 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 and parched by crappy wine and bad food so like the overnight flight to europe is always a drag for me because it, it makes me you know have to fight through my first day there and i don't i don't want to fight through my first day there i want i want to you know just immerse in the splendor but during the pandemic there was no one on the plane i got to the airport three hours early that it told me to i was sitting at a bar 15 minutes later waiting for my flight you know for two hours and 45 minutes so i got i got on my eight o'clock flight out of newark airport in new jersey Right. And arrived in Rome so well rested because I slept. There was no one near me. I, I had all these empty seats. I slept so well. And I arrived there with just the most immense anticipation. Anticipation. Thank you. It was pouring in Rome. It was it was on and off pouring in Rome when I got there. And I and I, I could have hopped in a cab to get to my hotel. I said, no, I'm walking. I just grabbed my suitcase with the wheels on them, thank God, and rolled from you know from the Termitina down to Campo de Fiore on with the things because I just wanted to be there so badly. I stopped for coffee, cafe, I stopped for cornetto. I I I, I just dove right in and it was beautiful. 
See, I think you've convinced me because Pat just got back from Italy a couple weeks ago. He went to Sicily, took his whole family there. I actually, the last time I was there would have been December of 2019. I actually, I can't prove it, but I believe I brought COVID back to the United States. I was, <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I was, uh, uh, we flew through Paris and I'll never forget this flight. We went from Florence to Paris and Paris to Atlanta. And it was the worst flight of my life. People were coughing, sneezing, and I and I remember just I, my wife and I got off the plane going. That was just a weird, weird long flight. And about four days later, Andrew, I was I was the sickest I've ever been for like two weeks. And this was this was before COVID had technically hit the United States. And I, I really do believe I had it. I got checked for antibodies like seven months later, but I didn't have any. I still have never gotten COVID, but I believe I came back with it. But I haven't been there. And you're talking to a guy who has traditionally gone once a year since like 2009, right? So Pat decides to leave without me and go to Sicily and, and doesn't even invite me to go on the trip. Can you believe Can you believe he would do such a thing? Um, I'm starting but, to figure out why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm actually sitting here on November 10th debating if I want to go on like December 1st. I, I, I'm still oh. debating. Should I do oh, it? Oh, Travis. Okay. Please, you have to go. Right. This is the best time. We'll never I think we'll never experience a time in our lives where, where Italy will be so accessible. I think it's going to explode post pandemic. People saying like, holy shit. Right. Let's prioritize where we want to spend our lives. Let's rethink what we do with our expendable income and we spend our travel time. Italy is the place. Can I curse on your show? You can, you, you, sure, I don't care. Okay, so fuck Bali <laughs> and, 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 and and Niagara Falls and all the other like the bucket list shit. No, it's Italy, Italy, Italy. It's the best place in the world for a post-pandemic existence. It's food, it's wine, it's beauty, it's culture, it's serenity, it's wellness, right? It is wellness. You can immerse in this country in any of the regions, right? And and they had the, the type of experience that we want to experience, which is like living. You know, your your eat your food is amazing, your wine's amazing, your your scenery is amazing, the people are amazing, everybody smells good, right? The dogs are well trained. It's you know, it is it is the best place on the earth. It's it's a heavenly peninsula located where God was picking a weekend house, this would be his place. <laughs> Well, I thought that before the pandemic, right? But so, I know. So both of you have been then, and I'm sure there's a lot of people going, okay, I, you, you've just convinced me, Andrew. So do I have enough? I know I have enough time to buy the tickets to get my hotel. Is it, is there a lot of paperwork? I know I, I, and I'm, no. I'm vaccinated. Do I, what do I have no, to do? It's simple. It is, it, is, it is so simple, right? And packing a test, right? Mm -hmm. There's some shit you got to do with the, the EU, which I thought was weird. You know, you know, but it's a COVID test 48 hours before you leave, which is simple enough, right? Um, it is your vaccination status, obviously, right? That's it. And, and, and they are so good there. I was stunned by how efficient the Italians were. I've never gotten through an airport faster. And, and they're checking shit like crazy. 87% of Italy is vaccinated, right? As opposed to 80% of America, right? You know, 87%. It's funny right? you say and, that because when we were in Sicily, it was like a pandemic reset button. And it took a little while, but yeah, that's, that was the same damn experience is that, uh, uh, these people they're, they're, they're respecting it, but they're moving on with their life. And, and how quickly after you land in Rome, did you feel different? 
it, 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 it was the airport. I mean, literally the airport because like <laughs> I wasn't doing all that rigmarole that you have to deal with at the airports, right? And I, I got through it so fast and was in the city center. I mean, I, I, I got, I landed like at 8 a.m., right? And I was telling my friends, you know, I'll meet you for lunch. Right? I was, I met them for coffee. We, we, had, we had Cornetto and Cafe because I got there so fast. I mean, it was so efficient because they're, I mean, I know we always make fun of, of European countries for like their bureaucracy and, you know, all the things they do take so slow to get your like, you know, your, your, your high speed Wi-Fi. I get, right? but the way they're running this pandemic is incredible, right? They're doing such a nice job of like, you know, facilitating you know the efficiency through their major their major portals. So the airport was a joke. I rolled through the airport. I took a train into the city right from the airport. I was having cornetto with my friends at nine a.m. Roman time, right? And it felt incredible. It also felt incredible to be there, but also like you know, it's October, which is a it was October. It would it's an amazing time to be in Italy. I mean, I am a I am an April October guy for for, for Italy. And I've turned um, it, and I've actually turned into a December guy. Believe it or not, I, I used to be kind of that late March or April. I think Pat was too. I've turned into a Christmas market guy. I, I want to be in Florence oh. and Arezzo during the Christmas time because the Christmas yeah. markets are amazing. In Florence, yes, Florence yes. is an amazing place to be. Um, you know, I, I've experienced an entire year in Italy where like that period between November and March is a little bit gloomy. You know, it's like, you know, you know, the type of conditions that lend themselves to like, you know, splendor in the spring throughout the summer and the fall. It, 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 the, 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 the burden you you bear is is in that winter's winter months where it's like a little bit you know gloomy. Um, but yes, just just a, a, a Christmas in Florence would be great. And I, I might even do it myself this year. Really? You're I thinking think, about going right back, huh? I'm thinking about moving back there permanently. Really? Yeah. So I mean, what? I had, what in your life has possessed you to do that? I just felt so happy when I was there. You know, it just goes back to your previous question, right? I, I the, the second I landed in Rome and did all and got myself acclimated and grounded and checked in, I was so content. The things that I love most about life are are abundant there. Right? It is food. It is wine. It is beauty. Physical beauty. It is gorgeous people is interesting people it is the ability to like you know change my environment you know in a second I, I i could spend i could drive from new york to boston and i'm not dog in the u.s i love the u.s i love new york and boston but the time it takes me to go from new york to boston i could be on a plane and be in barcelona you know you know i could be on a plane and be in in in, in amsterdam you know so that's beyond italy but just within italy i could be on a train and be a Piemonte, or like I did this trip, which I'd never done before. I went to Positano, and my mind exploded. My imagination exploded. I just—you can't see it. I, I literally, as you were talking, I just texted my wife, said, "We're booking tonight." I said, oh, "So yeah. we're going to get done recording this podcast, and I'm going to go book uh, probably." Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to be in Florence for the tree lighting. So I'll be in yeah. probably the first week of December. Are you jealous, Pat? Because you because you had to go with like all your <laughs> your parents and stuff. I'm I'm just going to go with my wife and have a romantic time with my wife. Yeah, uh, <laughs> asshole. So, so you <laughs> spend you spend three weeks in Italy in October. You land in Rome. Take us through the three weeks now. So t- mm-hmm. did you go north and back south? What was the yes. agenda? I'd love to share this with you because uh, I mean I'm, I'm 
I was there as a journalist. And my, my job is to write about it. So this will help me. Sort so of, you got somebody you know, to pay for your trip is what you're saying. It was entirely paid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a tra- what do you do for a living? I'm a travel writer. Oh, really? Okay. I know. If I can come back in my next life, I'm going to be a travel writer. Wait, wait I am. Um, How do I get that I mean, gig? Can I be a travel podcaster? Sure. Would they I pay mean, me to they, do that? I, I imagine, but I also imagine that you know, <laughs> you have a, a, an income that that's, that's you know you know adjacent to this <laughs> desire. Yes. Um, so my life is you know I was a, a, a write, I'm a writer and a, a teacher. Um, my my teaching career ended during COVID. You know you know I'm a professor of English, and that was ended during COVID, and you know which is heartbreaking for me because I love teaching but I was also like you know all right I taught for 15 years you know I'm gonna you know dedicate myself to to writing I write novels as you know um and I write um journalism much of it having to do with Italy you know like with Italiana magazine Rachel Ray's magazine Italy magazine uh, my, my passion for Italy is, is is evident in my journalism and in, in my fiction um so I was invited as a result of this to uh, a travel, t- a, a press tour of Tuscany prior to the pandemic. Um, it was canceled, obviously. It, it, it reconvened, you know, at one point during the pandemic and then was canceled again and then was rescheduled for the, the, um, the fall 2021. 20, um, um, I went and I thought I need, I need to extend this trip, you know, um, so as I mentioned before, right? Um, the trip was of, you know, 18 nights, I guess. I say three weeks, more like more like 19 days, 18 nights. Um, Rome, two nights. Saw my friends, killed it, ate our, ate our faces off, had a great time. I went to uh, um, Spazio Nicoromito, which is a great restaurant out by the embassies in upper, upper Rome. Incredible restaurant. Um, then to Florence. Um, for for a couple of nights at uh, the uh, um, Antica Torre uh, Tornabone, right by the Piazza um, uh, the Ponte Grazia, Grazia, right 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 above the uh, Ponte Vecchio. Mm-hmm. So so uh, two nights there in Florence, then into Chianti Country to a resort, a luxury resort in Chianti Country. You should have seen this place, La Fontanelle. Um, it's incredible by uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Casa Nuova Bodenia. Um, incredible like spa wine resort you know with like views like from every angle with pools and 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 a, a gourmet restaurant oh my god you were miserable. my room was sick you were miserable I was, there I, I mean the room the view from my room by the patio room was crazy now if you ever check my instagram page and your and your followers I, I hope they would you'll see all these travel diaries back to florence for a night at a, a great new hotel um the more palanca and then uh the tour was over officially right but i'd worked out other arrangements and i spent two nights in the Reggio on the tuscan coast at a at a five-star hotel um the the, the plaza de Lucie, um in um, via Reggio, and i swam i was fucking swimming in the, sorry i was swimming in in, in the waters <laughs> off of tuscany while the italians are walking by in their parkas you know when their their dogs are in down jackets see, I'm like i, I see that's what's funny because when i go over on christmas time right it'd be 50 degrees 
and everybody's like bundled up with scarves and hats. And I'm like wearing, you know, a spring jacket. Tank going, top. Yeah. Well, because I mean, where I'm coming from, it's, it's below zero in December. Right. And they're like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's 35 degrees, which is what zero degrees Celsius. They're like, what's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me. It's warm here. <laughs> I know. I mean, and, they're, and they're also like miserable by it. Yeah, like, 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 you know, the you face, know just yeah. internally frozen. So Viareggio went back to Florence for another night. It's the craziest hotel called the um, Twenty Five Hours. is a rush. It's a rush. It's an Eastern European, I think, oriented um, chain. Like there's there there's one in Denmark, one in Berlin, one in you know sort of like you know Euro hipster cities, and there's one in Florence now. And it was like you know. The Florentines were blown away. Like, what the hell is this place? It just opened up. It's huge. It's spectacular. I was there for a night. Then I went into Chianti country again, and I went back to this wine resort called Dievole, um, in, in, but, but near Castelnuovo-Bardenia. Um, it was incredible. Just beautiful resort, and they make amazing Chianti classicos there. And, you know, in reservas, and they do variations. We're you know, eating and drinking and tasting. Yeah, I feel like I'm talking too much here, but I can't stop talking. No, <laughs> Sorry, I, we're guys. living vicariously. So. Yeah, oh, good, good, but, good, good. But I also think it's, it's interesting to see what you can do in a three-week time. Now, not everybody's going to be a travel writer. Not everybody's going to get everything paid for here. But uh, I think it gives people a good idea. Did, did you feel like you were moving too much? Because when I go to Italy, I, I, I like to have like one hotel room for like 10 days. Did you feel like you were on the move too much? Oh, I definitely was, and then that was that, that. That's the compromise for like having it paid for. Is that I can't like you know, I was going to put me up for ten days in our hotel, right? You know, they put me up for two days or sometimes one day, right? In exchange for the complimentary room, but like you have to move on because you know you want you know my job is to do assess the area, and um, be able to write about it and move on. So yes, I would have much preferred to have been um, stationary. Um, and I think that's the trend. One of the things I picked up on is that a lot of these hotels were having guests come, you know, you know, during and post quasi post pandemic for like two, three weeks at a time, 10 days, maybe where they set up shop in these these, um, you know, locations in, in not in Florence or Siena right, or San Gimignano or Luca, but like in the countryside in these gorgeous estates you know where your views are stunning and they have all this stuff um on the property all this all this wellness sort of you know experience there and restaurants of course too and tastings with their nearby vineyards they don't own the vineyards but i think that's the new trend it's like you go you fly to rome or florence you you get a transfer to this estate somewhere you know, in Chianti country or, you know, um, Bulgari or, you know, wherever, and you stay there and you enjoy the premises immensely and you day trip to Siena and Florence and wherever. Interesting. I mean, that, that's fabulous. So you, you, you're in Tuscany then, then after Tuscany, what do you do? What do you, so you, how long, you, how are you in, how long are you in Tuscany? And then where do you go after that? I was in Tuscany for a couple more days and I went to, and I went to Positano, um, where I'd never been. I'd never been to the Amalfi Coast. Um, I'd always knew, of course, what it was and had this idea in my head of what it was like. Um, but I'm so in love with Tuscany, and and you know, you know, you know, subsequently to Rome, you know, which is so nearby, and also I have, I have great connections in Venice. I've I've 
so many friends there. So like, I feel like and Le Marche and Abruzzo. I feel like my my Italy regions were sort of covered. So I wasn't that curious about the Amalfi Coast, even though I know it was spectacular and everybody loves it. And then it, it's such a regular part of the the typical Italian tour. But someone offered me two hotel two nights in a hotel there. Uh, one of my restaurant um, PR associates here in New York, you know, says she represents a, rep- a, a hotel in Positano. So I went to Positano. I, I took the train to Salerno, then the boat up the Amalfi Coast to, to Positano. And by the time I even got to Positano, I was 17 years old and in love for the first time. It was just so beautiful and, 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 and mind boggling that this, this city sort of, this this sort of, you know, you know, erupts out of this coastline. Like not erupts. It it, it 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 gently emerges out of this uh, this shoreline into these mountains, and it it is so beautiful. Have you guys been there? We've been to Sorrento. Sorrento. It is, it, yeah. We've been to Sorrento. Never been to Positano. I was going to ask yeah. you because I, you know, I, I I don't like change, right? I'm one of these guys that really doesn't like change that much. So. Um, my question to you was, have you been to, I, so I, I focus on Tuscany, uh, because I'm, I'm just one of those guys that like, I'm a creature of habit. Pat finally went to Sicily this, this last time, mm-hmm. but since you've been, have you ever been to, to Cuomo and, in Amalfi? What do you like? Because I hear people love like Cuomo just as much as they love the Amalfi coast. Have you been to both? No, I haven't been to like Cuomo. I mean, I, 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 and I haven't been to Amalfi until now. And, you know, I, I'm less intrigued by Lake Cuomo because I don't know. I don't know no, that's fair. It's, it's a lake. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm like you guys where I, I like my, my, my mainstays. So I love my Tuscany. Tuscany's my heart. I'm a Florentine. I'm a Toscano. I'll get the tattoo across my chest, you know, Toscana forever. I'm blue collar. I'm C&E's man. Uh. <laughs> I'm a Florentine. Sorry, I'm, I'm, no. with, I'm with him. Yeah, I'm a Florentine. So you know, I you, live in Florence. You if know? you go back now and stay, you stay three months. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to Florence. Florence, not yeah. not to Positano, not up to Piedmont. Florence. Okay. No, I mean I I want to live in Florence. I mean I think that and I was always my debate was between Florence and Rome. I I mean and, and Rome is more. I'm a New Yorker, so Rome is much more akin to New York than Florence. I I happen to live in Florence for a year. I lived in Rome for a summer, but I, I am connected emotionally, socially, culturally to Florence. I'm a Florentine, you know, I adopted myself to their land. All right. Um, you know, and, and then from there I can I can go all the other places, but I'm I'm a Florentine. I'm gonna live in I'm gonna live in Santo Spirito or I'm gonna live in Fiesole. I haven't decided. And both great places. Uh, we had friends that live in Santa Spirito, and I, I totally understand that. Would you ever live outside the walls, though? Would you ever tend to go? Yep. You would? Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, Fiesta is outside the walls, you know, and I lived in Banoripoli, which is south of the city. I live in Chianti. I, I, I'm a city guy, though, so I, I really got to be there. And Florence is, isn't even much of a city. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it's like Boston cut in half in my mind, you know, and I can probably manage my own, you know, 
desires to for for immersion and um, you know in, in experience in Florence. I think I think I'd have to live with it. Was, was that a New Yorker's kind of dig at I Boston? Think, I think did you did you get been. that? Because oh, <laughs> Pat, you're a Bostonian. No, no, it's, no. no. It, it's funny because Florence to us is we live in Omaha, Nebraska, right? And we think Florence yeah. is small because I mean the airport is even a lot smaller than the Omaha, Nebraska airport, right? So yeah. we, when yeah. you said Boston cut in half, I'm like, I think you probably meant maybe a third or an eighth. When it really comes Maybe. down to, to Boston, yeah, like a, like a piece of pizza. <laughs> true. So, so true. You know, I, Pat. I hope you don't mind me saying this. I hope I'm not re- relaying any personal information. But he, he's now he's this he, is the drum roll. Then he's, he's going to relay something personal. Right. He's rolling his eyes he's, right yeah. now. So no, he, he he revealed to me before we started tonight that you're starting the dual citizenship process. I am, and I was just and I was thinking, are you a dual citizen? And if you're not, are you thinking about going there? Yes, and I'm not, and I yes, I am. Okay, I'm, I absolutely am. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I alluded to this before. I, I'm, I, I have a son who's 15. I think when he finishes high school, you know, and, and goes off to college, um, hopefully, uh, <laughs> um, you know, living there is is where I want to be. You know, I mean, it's just you know, it, it's the place where I'm the most happy, right? And you know, and I could sustain myself as a writer there you know i could i can report from italy on the ground probably more efficiently than i do from me here in new york um so i'm definitely thinking about that citizenship thing and i do have ancestry there so i, I hopefully that will facilitate that well, well the good news coming up on probably the next episode of the total tuscany podcast we're going to do uh kind of a the process of going through dual citizenship because pat's doing it right now oh, no shit. he's got I'm a, listening yeah so he, he's got a consultant uh, so we're going to take you through the uh the pros the cons the to what to do so that will be a podcast episode you will want to listen to my friend I absolutely will I, I will listen to all your podcast episodes but I think that there's going to be a big movement towards like you know expats you know an expat, okay okay you know, so look you know, at diaspora. me I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying I don't I, I, I matter of fact I agree with it I'm the happiest it's funny because I haven't taken any time off for a long time and my wife's like you really got to go you need to decompress I am happiest over there. I am as scared as I'll get out because I, I as much as I like to think I, I'm pretty accomplished in my life, which I've accomplished a lot, but I'm I'm a routine guy, right? And I'm scared to take that leap to just to sell everything and go. And I know I should, but I'm 51 years old and I'm like, I'd be giving up everything. Well, I, I, I'm going I, through a, a, a midlife crisis. <laughs> For the I, third time I, I in that, my that, life, I, I think that's called midlife. I, I think <laughs> I think midlife is all about a crisis. Right? Yeah. It, there's, there's no like you know, you know you know deviation from the norm. We're, midlife is about a crisis. We're figuring out you know what we've what we've been through and where we're going. That's 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 the the, the challenge of this passage, right? Um, and I, I think that you know what you're thinking is probably beyond you know typical for people in your environment and probably my environment too, right? But you want to think about what the things that make you happy, where you are the most happiest, right? Because you don't want to look back on your life and think, I, I, I should have done this. I could have done that. Why not? Right. If you have the means to put yourself in a place where you well, are, I don't have the means. I mean, I would like to have to cash out a four hundred one k and go. You know, let's go try this for a year. Because my wife always reminds me. She goes, "You know, Trav, at the end of the day, we're just floating on a big rock around the sun." 
I'm over elaborating on my uh, my methodology here, but like the idea is like just fucking do it. Yeah. Well, you know, we You're I don't right. know if it's because of what we're this podcast or what, but we seem to be seeing more and more people saying, "Hey, I I'm thinking seriously about about going." Do you do you see the tempo of at least that conversation picking up? And, Absolutely. And over the few next few years, do you see more and more people heading over there? Yes, I, I think I think like in the twenties, there was an expat movement after World War One, right? After World War One, you know, and 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 people were sort of stunned by the existential crisis that they they in, in, encountered. Um, I think post pandemic. People are like, you know what? I don't need to work this hard. I don't need to make this much money for whatever reason possible. I want to be able to live the rest of my life in a way that's comfort. Right? And I want to do so in a place that provides the pleasure that we were denied. We were, what we were denied during the pandemic right, was the comfort of people being around us at a table. Right? walk into a restaurant and saying, I would like to have, you know, a dozen oysters, you know, and a glass of vino verde. Right? You know, the ability to just to see to go into a museum. Right. Um and so I think that the 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 emphasis on enjoying our lives, you know, as opposed to like preparing for like, you know, to live for a thousand years, you know, to save and save and save and whatever, you know, or be committed to our jobs, I think is going to change. I, I think we're looking at a new paradigm, which is one that's probably more akin to like the Greeks or the, the, the Renaissance Italians, or like we, we really appreciate, you know, the things that are, that are, that are available to us, you know, such, you know, that provide us pleasure and happiness. So we'll get to your new book in just a moment. That's coming out, I believe, in January 2022. But you, you were there on a, on a writing uh, junket, should we say. Did you did you get inspired for a new book while you were over there? Did you look for inspiration? There? And, and when you write a book, does that are you just wake up in the middle of the night and it comes to you? Or do you, do you go searching for a new book idea when you when, when you travel over there? Yeah, I, I wish it came to me in the middle of the night when I wake up. Like oh yeah, here's the book. Um, no, um, I, I was actually there on a travel junket for for my travel writing um, responsibilities, responsibilities, my travel writing writing privileges. Um, but I also have you know two books in my Italian adventure series, and I was looking for a location for the third, and I found it. So I knew I was going to the Amalfi Coast to find it, and I found it in Positano in this extraordinary hotel called the Hotel Poseidon, which is owned by a family that has owned this hotel for three generations. Wow. It's the same thing I'm pushing in Cucina Romana and Cucina Tipica, which is families who own hotels. I love hoteliers. They're my favorite people. If they do it right, they're not asshole snobs, right? Mm -hmm. But people who run hotels for the sake of welcoming people into their auspices and making them feel comfortable and feeding them well, etc. And this is what I found in Positano at Hotel Poseidon, way up the hill. I had to carry this suitcase <laughs> for so long. I couldn't believe how the road kept turning and turning and turning and turning and turning. And I got there and they were like, Hello, and I thought I was home. I thought I was in that's heaven. awesome. That's it. That's yeah. that's so awesome. So you got a new book coming out in January of 2022. It's yeah. for presale on uh, on Amazon.com right now. You can search it. Just search for Pasta Mike, uh, yeah. a story of friendship 
and uh, and loss. So take us through the story of Pasta Mike. Sure. So this is, you know, I'm a fiction writer by trade, but you know, you know, there's always things about our real life that that inform my fiction. This book is almost entirely based. You know, if it was a movie, it would say based on a true story. Um, I I, I was born five days apart and five houses away from a guy named Michael Shea. And we were baptized together in the same water. Our mothers were, you know, rubbing bellies when they were pregnant. You know, he was my best friend, you know, my whole life. You know, we were, couldn't have been closer to anyone in my life than him. And I say that with respect to people, the woman I was married to and my parents, this is my closest person in my life. And he died from leukemia um, eight years ago. Um, and it kind of destroyed me. Um, and I, but I felt compelled as a, a storyteller to, to reflect upon that. And I started doing so in articles for, for, for websites and magazines. Um, and, you know, it didn't seem like enough. You know, I feel like I had to really pay tribute to his life. So I wrote, I intended to write a memoir. Uh, my, you know, you know, I was, I was going to go Joan Diddy. And if you know her, you know, your magical thinking, you know, about like, you know, what it's like to lose someone who's so close to you. She, if you don't know this, this book, you know, she lost her husband and her, her daughter um, in a very short period of time. And it really, you know, wrecked her. Um, I was going to attempt something like that, but I, I, I just couldn't make it not, I couldn't make it autobiographical because it was too painful. So I fictionalized our lives and, and put me and Mike in a situation where we're lifted out of our childhoods in one area and, and blopped at one to another to absolve everyone else from being part of the story. But the idea is like, you know, how important it is to have friends who are males. You, you guys are pals. This is a great, mm-hmm. this is great content, right? You guys, I mean, you know, you guys well, are really good friends. And it's funny because, you know, people think Tuscany is just like this uh, place for women, right? Uh, Pat and I first went together as families in, in 2020 or 2009. And we've been basically, we, we haven't been separated since. I mean, our wives make fun of us, but I, I mean, there is, there is something is that about how you met. Yeah, no, no, well, no, our kids went to school together, but we, I wouldn't say we hung out a lot together before that trip. We weren't, we were the, the, the overall idea was, Hey, we had this group of friends that we, all our kids went to Catholic school and, and we were doing this and we, we brought all our friends together and said, Hey, we have this idea of let's go, let's go to Italy. And at the time it was like, let's do it. At the end of it, when reality set in, it was just me and Pat left. I mean, that's really what happened. And so we're like, Fuck them. We're going to go, right? I mean, that's what we were doing. And we took our families there, and we've really been... We we haven't separated since. Well, it kind of creates a... a, Traveling anyway is fantastic. It creates kind of a brotherhood, but I get what you're saying, Andrew, because it's... uh, uh, That loss you're talking about, that's the person you called in the middle of the night. That's the problem. That's the person you called when... You never call me in the middle of the night. Oh, yes, I do. I text you. (laughs) Well, not yet. <laughs> That's because he's a good man. He, he doesn't need you. I needed someone. So I'm a wreck. Yeah. Right. But you, you, Pat, you might as well take it. I mean, like, I, I think we we don't appreciate the fact that male friendship is unique, and that, like, you know, like Mike and I, and like, I can say this for a few other people too, like, know each other better than their wives know them, better than their parents know them, better than their cousins know them. We have these these secrets and i don't mean them like the disgusting you know t- 
tawdry secrets, but like we, we, we expose ourselves to each other figuratively, right? In ways that like, you know, are unique, right? We, 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 we reveal our vulnerabilities, right? And they reveal themselves. And you say, you know, I, I know, like, like, my, my friend Mike knew what I was going to say before I said it. And he knew what I was thinking before I thought it. And he knew when I was scared and he knew when I was, you know, confident. And, and it, I think it's a, un, I think it's a wholly unique relationship that doesn't get a lot of attention in literature. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we have sister, sister narratives. We have mother's daughter narratives. We have father's son's narratives. We don't have friend friend narratives that much. Right. And I think the friend friend narratives for males, right, is really important because we, we, we are way more integral into our lives than we give credits for. Now you said this is, I understand the fictional content and I'm presuming by the title, you put the two of you in, in Italy or, but I'm wondering, did you actually, did you put in a context of this book? Are you in Italy? And did you actually get to travel with Mike? Well, yeah. So the, the title conjures Italy, but it takes place um, in New York city. Um, but the, the characters do travel to Italy together at one point during the, the story. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, it's, you know, very true to life, right? I mean, he is him. It's, I, actually, I mean, it's such a weak version of, of, of thin fiction that he's called Mike O'Shea, which is Mike's name. I'm called Andy Cotto, which is my name, right? So I, I, it's almost like Russian or something, you know, like, you know, I plopped us in a different environment. Um, but it takes place mostly in um, New York City. Um, where, the, where the characters live in my imagination that we grew up in New Jersey, but like, you know, it, it's the same. Um, and did you get to travel with Mike? The, the, the oh my action. God. Yes. So, so we went, to, we went, went, our last trip together um, was for our, you know, literally we, we were baptized together. You know, that's, you know, and, and, and the baptism was, you know, indicative of our closeness. I saw him every day of my childhood, right? He was, you know, um, so for our 30th birthdays, we did this for our 40th birthdays. Him and I went to Italy together. Right. Um, you know, he joined me in Ireland. I was living in Ireland for a little while. Um, he was there. I mean, you know, you know, it, 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 I, I've never spent more time with anyone in my entire life and this, this friend of mine, right? You know, my entire childhood, much of my adulthood. So, like, yes. So, and he lo- he's Irish, but he loves Italian food. That's, that's, that's the joke. The pasta mic thing is a joke. He's like, he's like an Italian. It's an Irish-Italian neighbor they live in. Um, and like, he, he makes himself Italian because he loves pasta so much. So, okay. We're, we're buddies now, right? We're, we're buddies. Yeah. Are we in a place yeah. of vulnerability? Of course. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to, I mean, I'm actually okay. getting serious. So is this book maybe closure for you? Because the, what I'm hearing is, and you tell me if I'm wrong, um, you went through some stuff since, since we first met, you've gone through divorce and stuff. Is this, do you think you, you had a hard time dealing with the death and now this book is closure for you? I, I, I wish it was. And it's part of the problem I have with all this is that like, you know, these terms like closure. There like is no closure, normal. right? There's never closure. Right. There, there, there's not. I mean, and a new normal. I heard that a lot. I heard a lot of like, I got, a, I got a ton of advice. My, my, actually, I got much more advice from when my mother died, you know, a few years before Mike died, who was also like my closest friend. Yeah. I, I've written that, like, you know, that my mother and Mike were the two people who knew me best and loved me regardless you know, 
um, and they both die within a couple of years of each other. And I got much more sort of emotional support from a social component about my mother's death on that if from the death of Mike. Um, and regardless, you know, I, I don't know what good it does. I really don't. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you know, it's like, you know, you, know, you get hit by a car, right? And, and, you know, people can say things to you about what it's like to be hit by a car, but you've still been hit by a car. And, and it's, 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 and I think that's a healthier way to look at it. Like, be like, wow, I'm not going to get back to where I was. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to resume a normal. I'm going to figure out how I, you know, live my life. Right. But like, you know, that loss is, 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 is I think it's too hard to sort of, Oh, make peace with because it can't be made peace with because it was too good in the first place. I I, I agree with you, but you know my my wife says something, and, and I take my my wife has saved my life literally, and and Pat can attest for that. Uh, she saved my life, but when she talks about death, one thing you have to remember though is that life is for the living though. If you if you hang on to death too long, it will destroy you, right? I mean I, I mean you and now you're living your life. You're like, "You know what? I want to live in Florence. I need you see that I've got to live." And whether that's living for Mike or whatever, you seem to be like at this place like I I'm going to live. I'm going to go. Yes or no? Yes, I, I agree with that. And, and and forgive me if I seem dour. I'm no, not I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm you're an dour. optimist. You know, I'm also a pragmatist and a critical thinker, and I, I like to I like to think about these things not not as they pertain to me, but how they they might pertain to other people going through new situations too. We're yeah. trying to wrestling with this, you know. You know, as I think someone who writes for you know, you know, with most of, most of their free time writing, I'm trying to to you know you know um, capture the experience that as it pertains to us at large. Um, and so I know this issue of loss and 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 etc is, is, is complicated and and I, I I understand your point and I, I think that you know you know there is a way to find a, a piece with it and move on my complaint is that I think we sort of like hallmark it we make it too like oh it's okay you, you lost someone who's so important to you you know you will get through it you'll be okay you'll remember them I, we simplify it too much and I, I i think your wife's point is well taken that it, it's far more complicated than we give it credit for but it has to be accomplished in order in order to, to, to be healthy and move on it's, it sounds like this book is cathartic right it, it would help anybody that's over trying to overcome or uh, get past that hole in their life and find yeah, a way I, mean, get... I think particularly for for like men who lose their friends. I mean, that that's the yeah. idea. It's like, it's yeah. like you know that we don't talk about. We talk about loss a lot, right? We talk about you know losing husbands and wives and and mothers and and daughter and children, God forbid, right? And and you know, etc. We don't talk a lot about losing our friends. And you know, you know my favorite story. I think the, the thing, I think the narrative that made me want to be a storyteller is Stand by Me, the Stephen King it's novella. Awesome. Big, you know. That became a movie, you know, the movie. It was it was called, you know, The Body as a novella, but it came Stand By Me as a film. Um, understandably so. It's a horrible title of a story, you know, in the movie The Body. Um, but, like, you know, the idea, like, what we experience as men together is so wholly unique, 
Right? You know, and and it it's become like you know jockify, like oh, bro, bro, culture bullshit, right? But like we we need each other, right? We 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 have the same experience in life together, and that that and so much of that experience is you know relegated to like you know playing golf or basketball or to go to a bar, but it's like being together, like you know we we, we need to recognize that we love each other. Like women recognize they love each other as friends too. And I think that's a really healthy thing for the world. And you know what? If you can uh, uh, and go to Italy with one another and eat pasta and, and share good times. <laughs> well, that's why I love Italy so much. That, that's, the, that's the epicenter of like that nurturing, right? It, it really is. And now, now, so people can now, it's, the book's not available yet. And It is available. Oh, it is? Uh, how come it still says pre-order on, on Amazon? Well, it's it's available. It's available for pre-order. So okay. you can order it on Amazon, um, and it will and and it will ship to you in January. Okay. But it's available to order. But, but, but here's the cool thing about the pre-order. You tell me if I'm wrong, because I think music is like this too. The pre-order is big because then once it's available, you kind of move up the the the, the yeah. ratings, right? I mean, so you want I the pre-order? I might get there. I'm, I actually <laughs> might get to that. It, it, the irony of ironies, like my 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 seventh book, my seventh novel, will reach a level of like you know, you know, public recognition, and I had to do so on the back of my friend. <laughs> I, was like, like, you know, I know he'd be like, "It's cool, and go ahead, it's, it's great," yeah, but I, I feel like. <laughs> but you know what that means? It means he's with you. Right, it means he's still guiding with you, right? I mean, that's I mean, I mean that, and that's the way I, I look at it. I mean, I, I still look at he's he's there with you every single day. Well, that's for sure. There's no way he's not. I mean, that, that I believe. I okay, mean, I, I, mean, I I don't know if you're superstitious, if you're a believer, or or but has anything happened since his death that you're like, oh my God, Mike's here with me right now? Maybe. Well. I mean, I I think about him so much that I, I wonder if I'm I'm able to recognize like you know that the intervention. Yeah. But there's a woman from our hometown who we didn't know growing up, um, and she she's a medium, and I believe in mediums. Do you guys believe in mediums? Uh, yeah. I, I, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've had uh, one yes. in the house before, and you know I'm always somewhat of a skeptic because I'm a journalist by nature, so I always ask questions and I question everything. So. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I do believe I believe there are hoaxes. I think there are people who take advantage of, of it. Of course, but I do believe there are people who have that have that gift. Yes, so, and, and I'm 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 skeptical as, as well, Travis. You know, I'm, I'm, but there was a woman who connected with us who knew from our hometown who knew both of us. You know, um, tangentially, we didn't both of us never knew her growing up. Some people connected us for a reason, and she said to me, like, you know, like. I'm reaching out to you because I'm hearing this voice that is connected me to you. And it's saying, and, 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 and I, I, I immediately rolled my eyes and said, I don't know anybody named Anne, right? You know, I don't you know. So like, and I didn't know who she was, you know, at the time too well. Right. And, and assumed it was some sort of gaffe or ploy or whatever. Right. Then I thought to myself subsequently that Mike, Used to call me and, right? Instead of Andy, he'd call me and, right? So I thought, oh my God, it was him saying and, 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 and she was hearing him as and, 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 and I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, 
Anything's it's, possible. It's close enough. It's that close it, enough that it, it feels it, right? Yeah. And I feel like shit because he might have been, been like, and, and, and. <laughs> it's me. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't know this guy. <laughs> I mean, God, I hope I really didn't blow him off. So the book's going to be pre-ordered now. You can get it on uh, on Amazon.com. So or your local bookstore. It's 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 a, it's a traditionally published novel. Okay. So if your local bookstore who the, can uh, order who it, goes they to can, a bookstore anymore. Nobody goes to a bookstore anymore. I know. I wish they would. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I I know there's a huge effort to always promote in New York City. Like promoting local bookstores is like promoting like you know kindness. Right? It's part of the. So part of the middle you. But when you were in Tuscany, you were there for three weeks, and you and you did some travel writing. So and in Positano as well. When where were those articles come out, and where can they be found? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what you do as a journalist is you, is you go, and you hit the ground, and you research. Then you come back and you start pitching stories. So I'm pitching my stories now, okay. and I'm pitching them to like you know the the, you know, the major American travel magazines and et cetera, et cetera. Um, what I am definitely doing though is writing an article for Italy magazine that's sort of reflective of um, John Steinbeck's article on Positano. Mm-hmm. You familiar with this? Is John Steinbeck wrote of of mice and men, and yep. you know wrote a very famous um, article about essay about his first experience in Positano in the 50s and I was inspired by that when I went to Positano um, and I've been granted permission by Italy magazine to sort of do my you know 2.0 version of like what it's like to see Positano for the first time. Andrew I, I I'm gonna let you know something uh, you happen to be maybe the guest that's had the longest podcast on on totaltuscany.com just to let you know I mean that's <laughs> The, the, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, that's that's perfectly fine. I, I, a couple of suggestions. I, I think you and I and, and Pat should we, we should do like a, a man trip to, to Tuscany sometime. I, I, I think it would okay. be a blast. And sure. and I'm not kidding here. Uh, you are invited, and I, I'd love you to get out of New York. Uh, maybe sometime in January, February, whenever. Come to Omaha, Nebraska. You have a home. You have a place to stay in. Uh, we both have fairly large houses and, and, and rooms that you could stay in. We'd love to host you for a weekend, three or four days. And oh, how sweet. Yeah, we, we'd I'd lo- love that. Yeah. Is there, is there any steak out there? Uh, there's if you <laughs> there's li- a few. If you like red meat, we have plenty of places for you to go. Yeah. I do. Um, and that'd be awesome. I'd love to see you guys, too. I mean, I think we are, you know, what I'm sort of, perseverating on earlier is like with our this passion for italy is thing something that we share and i am certain that if we experience it together you know in omaha or toscana it would be the same so i'd love to see you guys uh that would be totally awesome uh pasta with mike is the book pre-order it now uh you can get it on amazon.com or any major book retailer or bookstore uh andrew cotto has been our guest on the total toscany podcast uh andrew always a pleasure and i can't wait to have you back again thank you so much for having me travis that is uh i would have to say that interviewing andrew cotto has to be one of my favorite podcasts. It's it's he is one easy person to talk with. It's one of those things where you're like, gosh, should we do like a monthly podcast with Andrew um, because we could have really deep conversations and just about all sorts of things. Uh, uh, I don't know if he would be willing to come on for a, for a month at a time. But my question is, am I like your best friend? Am, am I that friend? No, you? here here we go. <laughs> it's this. 
<laughs> would you miss me? Would you miss me, Pat? I, you know, I would miss you. Would you I, miss I'll be me, vulnerable Pat? and I'll miss you. you know? <laughs> and I think he's right. You know, everybody that's listening to this, that if you lose that person that you are close with, however that is, whether it's your spouse or your buddy, and you're traveling, it's not the same. You know, you can't no. make, you can't you can't go look at something. You can't look at the Grand Canyon. You can't look at the the Duomo in Florence and not share it with that person that's your friend. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's it, it, it is something tough to get over. And, and I I I like to think that I'm more vulnerable than you are. Uh, I'm definitely more extroverted than you are. But you know, I mean, I, I mean, we all go through loss at some time, and sometimes it's 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 it just takes you by surprise and to be able to to write about that i i i think this is a tremendous gift that that andrew has given and again i don't think you have to be male to read this book i think you can be female i think this book will if you can relate it to loss and 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 put your mind in that in that area i think that's something everybody can relate to because at some point in our lives we're going to have to go through it at some point, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, that, that, that's, just, that's just a fact. Um, if you don't follow Tuttle Tuscany on the social media channels, please do so. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And you can find us on Instagram. Just search Tuttle Tuscany. If you like what you heard today on the podcast, minus all the curse words, please share this podcast with your friends. Because, well, the, the truth is we want to spread the word of Tuscany. We want to spread the word of Italy. And we're really working on, I shouldn't say we, Pat is really working on uh, a really informative podcast in our next episode. And that is, you know, how to get that, that dual citizenship. How do you take that step to become a citizen of Italy? I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's sign up. See, Pat's ready to go because he has the last name Companion. I have the last name Justice. That's not going to get me dual citizenship. No, no. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, but again, like us on our social media channels. If you like this podcast, give it a like. And please take the time to give it a review. Because the more people that review this podcast, the more people that like this podcast, the more people that uh, see this podcast then. For Pat Companion, I'm Travis Justice. We will talk to you next time on the Total Tuscany Podcast. Total Tuscany Podcast.